Hello, and welcome to Grace Unscripted, where we share stories of the people in and around Grace Church without any script, just real, raw conversations about life change through Jesus. I'm your host, Audrey Wallace. Today, I got to speak with Jack Latkovic. Now, I've really been enjoying these episodes. I hope you guys have been too with all the young people that we've been talking with here at Grace. Jack's another one of them. And this conversation is just so much about his life and and the ups and downs and highs and lows that he's gone through. And then an incredibly powerful last year here. So listen in at the amazing work that God is doing in our young people specifically in Jack, in how much just giving yourself to Christ, he says that he invited Jesus in to everything and what that can do. Jack, welcome to Unscripted. Thank you. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> um, excited to be here and just share a little bit about my life and what's and what Jesus has done um, and how he's changed my heart and just excited to get to know you as well. It's my favorite kind of story. Jesus yeah. changing hearts. Let's yeah. go. Okay, great. Well, let's start at the beginning before any of that even happened. Um, are you from the Akron area? Did you grow up in Grace or is this all new for you? Yeah, so I am from the Akron area. I grew up in a little town, Wadsworth, right mm-hmm. down the street from here. Um, my family has been going to Grace for, I would say, about 12 to 15 years now. Okay. Um, so been at Grace for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. So you grew up here going to Power Kids and yep. and all that stuff. Awesome. That. Okay, Wadsworth School System? So went to Wadsworth. So funny story, when we first moved here, we lived in Wadsworth. Um, we actually used to go to Northside. Have you ever heard of that church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they have a school there too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so we went there for a little bit. And then my parents and family found Grace, mm-hmm. started going there. And when I was in middle school, in eighth grade, um, the summer before my ninth grade year, um, my mom teaches at Highland High School, and we decided to move um, about like 10 minutes away from our old address to a new address in Wadsworth that was like on the Highland mm-hmm. border. There's that one tricky spot in that area yeah. where you can live in one city but go to a different school right, system. Right. So moved there, and then I went to Highland for high school. So I went to Wadsworth, grade school and up. And then went to Highland. So then, were so. you were you I'm were you into sports at all? Yeah. Did yeah. you play against your old teammates? Um, a little bit. So I have kind of a weird sports story. So I played baseball growing up, and then in high school, um, I started playing soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, so didn't see too many familiar faces, but it gotcha. was cool just to meet a lot of new people and yeah. Um, make some new friendships. I mean, so. Rivals are real here. I grew up in Medina County as well. Okay. So like county meets and whatever, oh, yeah. you know, that would have been For a sure. real thing and the the, sure. the pride and everything. That's that's kind of fun. Cool. So um, soccer in high school, um, family dynamics, like what did, what did that look like in your childhood? Yeah. So um, I'm really blessed with my two parents that I grew up with and raised me. Um, they both love the Lord and um, have obviously been going to Grace for the last 15 mm-hmm. years. Uh, my mom, just growing up, it was always, uh, I had to be at church no matter mm-hmm. what, every Sunday. Didn't matter if there was a tournament going on mm-hmm. for sports or I had pulled an all-nighter at my friend's house mm-hmm. like when I was in sixth or seventh grade. Um, 
didn't matter. She'd be in the driveway, you know, the morning after, and uh, we'd be going to church. So, well, if she doesn't know Amy Cubbins already, she should listen to her episode because they have similar beliefs there. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they blend really well together. Then, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was kind of the the dynamic growing up. Um, I'm gonna ask a question about that. Mm-hmm. Did you like going to church, or was did she have to drag you sometimes? I have yeah. young sons, so I'm asking with other intentions yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm the oldest of four. Um, okay. I have two little brothers and a little sister. They're all in college currently. Um, so growing up, I actually really didn't like going to church. Um, be honest here, lay it on us. Yeah. Yeah. My mom would drag us there Mm -hmm. and I was only there because she dragged us. Um, I really didn't know what the gospel was or Mm -hmm. what, or who Jesus was and what he actually did for me, Mm -hmm. um, until I was graduated from college. Um, I probably heard it a million times when I was in church, but I didn't understand it. Um, there's a difference between hearing and receiving, knowing, understanding. Absolutely. Okay, okay interesting. Um, so, yeah, growing up, didn't really ever want to be part of church. Mm. Um, my mom and dad actually made me go to Momentum, if you've ever heard of that. I was I visited last year, so nice. I know the power. Nice. So <laughs> went to those retreats. I think I went to three of them when I was in high school. Okay. Um, and still walked away from that without, yeah, so without there were, having it penetrate. There were, yeah, absolutely. So there were moments you know, in the worship and mm-hmm. um, during like the sessions where um, they were definitely real and I felt God, mm-hmm. you know, touching my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time, you know, I'd go back yeah. and return for the new school year, it's like that would kind of all fade away. Okay. And I think I based like my interest in going back to um, those Momentum Youth Conferences um, based on like the new friends that I had in yeah, the friend group. the social activities. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. interesting. And, you know, let's just ponder for a moment fun without experiencing the fullness of Jesus is still fun in this environment that is, like you said, you did feel God in a way, maybe Mm -hmm. not in the depth that he would have wanted you to or that other people had, but still a good experience that maybe there's more to the story that that kind of plays into later as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's all part of that journey. So Mm -hmm. yeah, what else, anything else from your youth or childhood that you want to share or ways you saw God touch you or ways that you ran away from him as fast as you could? Yeah, I guess I never really knew what it it meant to have Jesus at the center of my life. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like church to me was always like this side thing. It was Mm -hmm. just like kind of part of my life, but it was like, separated like Mm -hmm. everything else is Mm -hmm. like sports are here compartmentalized my friends are Mm -hmm. here church is here you know like I go to church on Sunday Mm -hmm. there's a great message but that's that after I leave Mm -hmm. Um, so it was very like you said compartmentalized Mm -hmm. and kept it very separate from Mm -hmm. everything so was not a part of any of the other parts in my life Mm -hmm. okay so how did that change Yeah. So that's a great question. And I guess I could start from the beginning. So after I graduated from Highland, I went to John Carroll Hmm. University Mm -hmm. up in University Heights, Ohio. Um, My life changed so much from when I started going there and when it ended. Hmm. Um, I met, I chose to go there because I didn't have many friends in high school and I didn't um, really like the people I went to high school with okay. at the time. Um, so I chose to go somewhere where nobody from my high school was going. Okay. And I went. Um, 
I was able to work really hard the summer before, and I walked on the soccer team there. Wow, good job. And, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's and, hard. Yeah, it was, it was very hard. Um, we were ranked, like, fourth or fifth in the nation my freshman year, so it was a really good team. Sure. Um, I got to meet a lot of new friends who are still some of my best friends today. Mm. Um, and I never um, – drank alcohol before I was in college mm -hmm. um, just because I was the oldest and I felt like um, because I didn't have older siblings or wasn't really introduced yeah. to those um, you know activities like going to parties and things like that and I, I hadn't experienced it uh -huh. um, but you know a lot of my friends uh, they were like a lot of them were like captain of their high school team mm -hmm. um, because our soccer team was so good at John Carroll so they were very popular and kind of dove into those things in high in school already crowd, yeah so I really got into that scene, okay. just going out all the time and, um, you know, drinking a lot. And it was fun. Mm. Um, temporarily for those four years, I really went to those scenes for fulfillment. Mm. Okay. And that was what really kept, like, this temporary high that I just kept kind of going for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say my identity was in parties, definitely, and mm -hmm. drinking and just experiencing with drugs and everything else. But it was also in being a student athlete. Mm -hmm. So I was on the soccer team. I was obviously not very good because, you know, I kind of come from Highland and I didn't really play much soccer in high mm -hmm. school. I'd never played soccer until high school. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't, I noticed like I didn't get it as much attention mm -hmm. as a lot of the other players on the team, um, which that kind of left me um, like sad and depressed. It's an a unfilled lot. cup. Yes. <laughs> There's an empty hole that needs to be filled. Absolutely. So over the years, I think it was my junior year, it was really getting to me. And I just, in my head, I, I knew that I was a student athlete. Like that was my mm -hmm. identity. Um, and I wasn't being fulfilled by that anymore. Mm -hmm. So, I tried to replace it with something else, okay. and I told myself, well, at this point, um, I had developed a lot more. I was taller. I was a lot stronger, um, and I had always played football growing up with my friends in the backyard, mm -hmm. um, but I was never big enough to play in high school or anything like that, so I never actually played, like, organized football, mm -hmm. and I said, you know what I'm going to do to regain this attention, I'm going to walk on the John Carroll University football team. Okay. Um, so those two years I just spent chasing that. I worked out every single day in the gym, mm -hmm. seven days a week, to put on muscle. Mm -hmm. I practiced, like, wide receiver drills um, until, that, until I knew I could, you know, have the ability to go to a tryout or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, I... The summer before my senior year of college, I went to the head football coach's office probably 10 to 15 times. And every time I went there, I didn't even know if he was going to be there. And I was mm. driving up from Wadsworth. So it was like wow. a 50-minute drive. Um, I sent him multiple emails. Um, he kind of wrote me off every time, mm -hmm. even when I went into his office, because I had never played before and I didn't have any experience. Um, and I made some connections with the quarterbacks there and I started working out with them on the side mm -hmm. and I would tell the coach and he'd still write me off. And eventually it was 
August, the beginning of August and end of July. And I had kind of given up because that was my last chance and the coach hadn't given me an opportunity. And I just got a text from the head coach and he said, Hey, would you still like to play receiver this year? And I said, yes. So, um, I had a workout with the quarterback. The coach came and watched, um, he liked what he saw of me and I walked on the team that year and now it was, now I'm getting more attention Mm -hmm. because I'm playing football. I'm a college athlete, Mm -hmm. you know, like I've never played before. All of my friends are, um, just giving me boatloads of attention. Mm -hmm. And I was definitely at one of my all time highs in like fulfillment from that. Um, and the season was great. Um, I got playing time. I got to um, play in a few games and I got to play on like our JV college team, which mm-hmm. was cool. And it was just such a great experience to meet a lot of new guys and mm-hmm. develop new relationships. But my senior year, I graduated that fall. Mm, okay. So um, it was actually, n- sorry, not my senior year, but my fifth year. Gotcha. I took an extra semester. Okay. So um, had you not played your fourth year in soccer, and then you took yes. an extra year, redshirt, I believe. Yes, yep. because our mm-hmm. fourth year was COVID. Ah. So it was all... Everything was messed up. Everything anyways. was messed up. So um, it was my fifth year, and I graduated. It's now like December when I graduate, and I started working. I graduated John Carroll with an accounting degree. I was going to say, did you study anything while you were in college? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I hear I partying, did. I hear sports. Right, was right. there also an educational yes. experience there? So I graduated okay. with an accounting degree. And I interned at a few accounting firms in college, and then I got a full-time position Mm -hmm. um, doing auditing, and I started there in January. And I had been working there for about a month. I would say it was probably end of January, mid-February. Now, just a side note, I had never really um, given mental health like a serious attitude, I guess. Like I I always thought when people talked about mental health, it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't struggle with that. Like my life is great. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I will never be, you know, I I view, I viewed it as very like cowardly. Mm -hmm. And, um, at that time, the end of January, beginning of February, I started to struggle with anxiety Mm -hmm. and I almost didn't believe it because I never had it before. Um, I couldn't drive places during the day. Sometimes I couldn't focus at work. Um, I was super paranoid that like I was going to die every night. Wow. Um, that's pretty serious. Yeah. And I like sudden and I'm very curious to hear the rest of this journey. Like, mm -hmm. how did you even identify it, be able to label it and then work through it too? Yeah. Um, so I never went anywhere for it, but like me- for medical purposes or anything. Um, I had friends that I reached out that I know that knew that struggled with it that did take medications, but I never um, ended up going and mm-hmm. seeing anybody or getting diagnosed. But there were just, you know, anything that was wrong with me, like a health scare or anything, mm-hmm. I'd automatically like just direct it to like, I'm probably going to pass away. Jump all the way to the edge of the line. Yeah. yeah. And it was it was a very dark time in my life, probably the darkest time I've ever went through. Um, I literally was getting like three or four hours of sleep a night. I couldn't sleep. Um, I was super depressed. I had never gotten depressed before. Mm-hmm. So depression was similarly viewed mm-hmm. like 
I always viewed it as like, I, you know, I don't understand how people suffer from depression. Mm-hmm. It's like, I've, up. yeah, like yeah. I've never, yeah. you know, my, I think you could always look another way and be fine. And it's like, well, no, now I was dealing with it and I did not know where to turn. Mm-hmm. It was very scary. Um, I remember I didn't really talk to my mom much about anything. And like, this was the first time I went to her and I was like, can we pray together? Because I'm very scared for what's happening in my life right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to turn to because at this point I had graduated, which meant I'm not a, what's my identity? I'm not a student athlete anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not like going out as much mm-hmm. anymore. I don't have all my college friends. They're all all, all in over one the- campus, like saturated like yeah. that. Yeah, everybody sprinkles after. Yeah, college. so I didn't know what my identity was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when I grabbed my mom aside, she prayed for me. And I didn't really feel anything when we prayed together, but I definitely felt a, a little sense of security from that, mm. just talking to God. And I'll never forget about a week later, it was still really bad. And I just texted Nate Pavlovich, one of my best friends, mm. um, that I had gone to Momentum with and stuff. And I knew that he was working at the church and still chasing Jesus. Mm. Um, and I remember hearing about Collective, but I didn't really know what it was. I just knew it was a group for people my age. Mm-hmm. And I just texted him and I said, hey, man, like is collective still a thing? Like, Mm. can I come to that? Like, and he was super excited. He's like, yeah, man, every Thursday at seven o'clock we meet, like you should come. And I, you know, I told him I'll be there. So I started going to collective, um, every week. And during this time, I was still really struggling with the anxiety um, and depression and the paranoia of everything. Mm -hmm. But every time I was there, Um, I could feel God just touching my heart and just kind of telling me everything's okay. Mm. It's going to be okay if you, Mm -hmm. if you invite me into your life. Mm. Um, But it was only there when I felt it because I would kind of go and leave and then still go out with friends on the weekends and stuff. Um, And eventually, I I think a month or two later, um, Josiah texted me. And he said, hey, man, I'm, I'm starting this life group. You know, I'd love for you to be a part of it and come. Mm-hmm. And he also said there would be free pizza. So I there said, you, you go. know, I, I got to go. The Holy you know? Spirit lives inside of a good pepperoni pie. Right, right. <laughs> so I had to go. So um, I went and I was really nervous when I came to my first life group because mm. I had done all this partying and this crazy um, drinking and mm-hmm. and wrestled around with all these drugs and um, just broken sexually, like Mm -hmm. all of these things. And I just never thought any of these people could relate to me. It was like Mm. I walked in and I'm like, you guys don't know anything that I've been through. Like how am I I even going to get closer to God through this group? You guys don't understand me. You know, kind of like I'm better than you. I've been through more. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll never forget um, a friend in my group – Uh, Just the first night, like, people opened up, and I was shocked about what some of these people had been through Mm -hmm. and how similar their lives were to mine and how Jesus had changed their life. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was so comforting. Um, And at the same time, though, I didn't understand it. 
I didn't understand how could this guy Jesus change your life and lead you toward him and make you the person that you are today. Um, because I remember my one friend just having conversations with him and then hearing like how he used to live his life. It was like, I can't even image you doing any of those things, bro. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't even understand that. Um, and after that, that really is what kind of changed things from there. So yeah. I started going to that group every week. Mm -hmm. I still was going to collective every week. Um, mm. And about like, I would say five or six months into that, um, my anxiety and depression completely went, like completely went away. I had wow. peace in Jesus Christ. Um, and I hadn't given my life to him fully yet, okay. but I had given a lot of areas to it, mm, to him. Okay, still compartmentalizing a little bit, yeah. keeping those boxes mm -hmm. in check, okay. So I still liked going out on the weekends with my friends and, mm. um, you know, getting drunk and, um, like, sexual temptations. Like, I was still doing that mm -hmm. stuff. But another part of me was still, like, I, I want to get to know Jesus. I want to get to know this guy mm. um, and see what he's about. Mm -hmm. Um, so that went on and I remember I was in a service. It was about this time last year. Mm. Uh, Jeff did a message and he, at the end of the message, he just said, Hey guys, like if you're not, if you're not, um, hearing anything I'm saying today, um, I just want you to hear this. I just mm. want you guys to try this, try giving your life to Jesus for 30 days. Try putting him into every part of your life okay. just for 30 days. And see how that works out for you. Mm. Just 30 days. Doesn't have to be anything crazy. Just mm -hmm. invite him to into every part of your life. And I told myself, okay, like I'm I'm gonna do that. I'm, I'm serious. Like I I'm still feeling like emptiness a lot. Um, and I don't know why, because I've been coming to church for yeah. the past like almost a year now. So I said, okay, I'm gonna try that. So um I started putting Jesus into everything um, that was in my life. I invited him into all the temptations I was dealing mm. with, all the drinking, all the um, identity struggles, just everything. And I started to read my Bible every day. Mm. And it was funny because the first four days were like, it felt like a chore, like I didn't want to read it. Okay. And as time passed on, mm. It was like every night before I went to bed, I'm like, I got to read. Hunger and thirst. Can I ask you where you started? Like yeah. in case somebody's listening, they're like, yeah. all right, I need that. Absolutely. That flavor. What is, where did you go? Yeah. So I didn't actually start reading like an individual book. I actually would just read the verse of the day okay. and then read like just three read. pages of that. Okay. And that just alone like did wonders for me because I just felt so much peace like Every time I spent time with God, it wasn't like a crazy feeling like um, that I was experiencing, but it was just like a peace. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people sometimes when they go to read the Bible, they think they're going to have this like crazy um, feeling of like joy or happiness yeah. um, when they're um, talking to God. But it's actually just giving me so much peace and it was just, it was almost like I'd pray every night and then read. And like, mm -hmm. while I'm reading, you know, God's talking back to me. And it just changed my life. Um, it, I started just being a more, um, 
mature person spiritually. Mm-hmm. I started treating my friends um, with more respect. I started going out of my way and investing in others um, for fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And it gave me so much of it just because I learned about this Jesus guy who like his whole life was looked down upon by so many people. But for some reason, he chose to love others no matter what they did. And I just found that as a quality that I just wanted to look up to and be yeah. like. Yeah. Um, and slowly he just took all of these things I was dealing with and slowly like decreased the desire from them. Um, and that's not to say, you know, I still mess up every day. Yeah. I still have parts of my life that I'm really struggling with. But I have learned to trust God with the plan that he has for my life um, because of not because of what he's done or the anxiety he's taken away, but because I've learned about the cross and how Jesus took all that pain for me Mm -hmm. um, when he didn't have to Mm -hmm. and how he gave his life for me um, and paid for everything mm-hmm. um and even while you were still a sinner while even was, while you were making those decisions yeah. he didn't change that whole time yeah and that just that was when um, i decided to give my life to jesus because when i learned about the cross it was like i have to do everything i can to the best of my ability to live like this guy because he changed my life from his story mm-hmm. um and i you know, I started volunteering more at the church. I started spending my time more with people um, around Collective, who I actually never thought I'd be friends with, but mm-hmm. I love being around now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it's brought so much peace into my life, just knowing that my identity is in Jesus. And even when things go wrong, I trust him, mm-hmm. no matter the outcome. I used to pray a lot when bad things would happen, like, God, will you please not let this happen or will Mm. will you can I pray for my success in this trial it's like now I pray like God will you um be with me through this and allow me to feel your love and get me through no matter what the result is Mm -hmm. because I trust him with my life Mm. um because he literally pulled me out of this dark dark place I was in um through the gospel and teaching me that about um what he did by giving his son um, to us. And I just, you know, I I think that's the center of it all is the gospel. I think when Mm -hmm. I really learned about that, that was what clicked for me. It was like, no, Jack, like I loved you during all this sin. Mm -hmm. I have never seen you as your sin. Mm -hmm. Like I see you as my child. Um, And that's what's really given me like true peace. Yeah. But... Wow. And that was just this year. Just this year. Just this year. Oh, my gosh. What a life change. And now you're on, I don't want to say the other side, but you're in a new level of um, understanding and faith and maturity and just almost just getting started. Mm -hmm. Like, what kind of stuff do you see next? How are you continuing to let Jesus flow into every compartment of your life? Yeah. So um, I think what's most important to me um, in my um, journey in following Jesus is staying in my community, um, staying in my word, and just talking to him every day. Mm -hmm. Um, 
there are a lot of things in my life that I couldn't understand. Like I could never see myself going away, but I just prayed about them anyway. I'm like, God, you know, I, I can't picture my life without going out on the weekends and, you know, blacking out. I can't picture it. Like it, it's exciting to me right now. Mm -hmm. I like doing it. Will you help show me that you have better things for me and mm -hmm. that that's not part of the plan that you yeah. have for my life? And I just kept praying on that. And over time, he, he literally transformed me into mm -hmm. a person that is no longer interested in that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a lot of things like that. It's like, if you told me a year or two years ago, like what my life would be like now, I'd be like, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. I can never be interested in any of those mm -hmm. things. So I think my journey right now is, you know, I'm still going to a life group on Monday nights, that same one that start, that Josiah started. Mm. Um, my two friends, Ben and Drew, lead it, um, and it's it's great. And then I'm also I also go to a group on Sunday nights mm -hmm. at the from people at the Medina campus, okay. um, which I won't be going to anymore because I'm starting a soccer group here. Nice next Sunday. Whoa, um, like in the indoor gym. Mm -hmm. So we're playing awesome. futsal. Have you ever heard of that? Say that again. It's called futsal. It's like indoor soccer with like a different type of ball. Never heard of it. And um, I know I have a lot of connections in the Cleveland area. So I have about 75 people that have joined the group me already. Get out. And um, just very excited for that. I have a few friends in the church who are going to share their testimonies at the devotion. Mm -hmm. um, and just my journey is just like how many people can I talk about Jesus to? Mm -hmm. I mean, like I – it it's hard for me to not because of what he did, he's done for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I could go on and on about everything that he's changed about my life and um, how the gospel has changed my life. But um, I think my journey right now is just <sighs> I'm ready for whatever God throws at me. And um, whatever he does, I'm just praying that if it's part of the plan that he has for my life, that he will stick me on it and that I can be faithful through everything. Yeah. Um, I'm also, uh, I had a couple professional football workouts with the XFL and the USFL, if you've ever heard of them, or the yeah. CFL. Yeah. Um, so um, the XFL has their super draft on Monday, and I went to a couple showcases with them. So just been really praying about that. Like, you know, if, if that's an opportunity, God, where you want to place me to spread the gospel to those guys, like, awesome. If it's not, show me what else. Um, you got you some Rudy vibes me, going so. on here. Rudy with Jesus, you know, <laughs> attacked onto it. Like, only for your will, Lord, if you're going to let me do this, not for the, you know, yeah. the hoisting on the shoulders yeah. for you at this time, but yeah. a platform for Jesus. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I also play in four soccer leagues right now mm -hmm. um, with all different groups of people. So that's kind of where I serve. And, um, you know, just by the way I act on the field and the way I speak um, and just any no-brainer opportunities, like I get to talk about Jesus to those guys, like, is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm involved in a ton. Um, and just where wherever opportunity is that I can make myself available um, I try to do. Mm -hmm. so. All right. I'm going to ask you a question. Why, if you remember or can even nail it down, why do you think you went to your mom for prayer? And why do you think you thought of Nate to yeah. reach out to when you were still at that pivotal point of, of gripping anxiety and yeah. depression? Absolutely. I think the reason why I chose to go to those two people in my life is because 
even though I rejected church my whole life and mm-hmm. kind of like rejected the idea of Jesus, I always felt this sense of comfort when mm-hmm. those two people, I was with them. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe that sense of comfort came straight from the Holy Spirit that was living inside them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for certain people, and I don't think all people by by any means um, this happens to, but for me, like, I knew, you know, I had to hit rock bottom mm. and just be like, Jesus, like, I give up. Show me what you're Tried about. Try it my way. Take my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's what kind of led me towards that, mm-hmm. those people. All right. You've reminded me of a scripture that I've been, I apologize for staring at my phone, but I was trying to find it yeah. and I found it. Um, so what I'm hearing in your story is, you know, there's all these things that you were filling the holes with, right, between being a student athlete and partying and things of that nature. And then even when you were looking for God, you're at Collective, even at um, Momentum, you know, there's the big music moments where, you know, the pounding can happen and it breaks through to the heart a little bit. Um, But it was when you were reading the verse of the day in your bed in the quiet, which is when you started to hear his voice. So in 1 Kings 19, it talks about um, that, uh, let's see here, Elijah, um, he said, go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord and behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind rent the mountains and break in places and rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in that wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, and the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, that still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it. That is kind of what I'm hearing in your story, like mm. all these things that physically could have moved, and but it was you started spending time with him, and you didn't know where to start, and you got you know something to to prompt that until you came to, to hunger for it and thirst for it, and then even understand it, and now teach others about it, like in less than yeah. a year. That's yeah. so cool. And like I said before, like I'm seeing just the beginning. There's going to be so much more that'll come from this ways that God. There might be some valleys still. There, there has to Absolutely, be, right? There, will be. <laughs> there yeah. has to be, yeah. um, as long as you're still living, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, and finding ways to thank God through that and and use that for deepening in relationship with Him too. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, too, you know, these areas, the drinking and all of those things that God really took the desire away from my life. You know, mm-hmm. I still struggle at okay. times with them. Okay, um, temptation is still there. But it's like my faith in Jesus, it it helps me. Mm. And it's like every time I even get thoughts of that, it's like I'm immediately praying like, God, remove those thoughts from my head. Um, like there's still battles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, li- living, following Jesus is not, you know, it's not going to make your life sunshine and rainbows, mm-hmm. but your identity in Jesus is going to, give you a peace that you've never experienced before. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's going to give you the ability to love on others, Mm -hmm. even when they're um, being difficult. And it's given me the ability to boast about my past rather than looking down on it as the person that I still am because I'm not, and I know that. And I know Mm -hmm. God doesn't see me as that. Um, I love this verse. It's been my lock screen for a while now. Um, I don't know if I have, I think it's from Romans, but it says, and it's really short, but I believe it's Paul talking and he says, 
Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Mm. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. Mm. My power works best in weakness. Mm -hmm. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses Mm. so that the power of Christ can work through me. Mm -hmm. And that verse has just done me wonders because anytime I'm struggling with sin or just, you know, thinking about the person I used to be, Mm -hmm. it's like, no, like God has never seen me Mm -hmm. as that. Um, One of my life group leaders, um, we were talking one day and he just gave one of the craziest, he just spit one of the craziest quotes I've ever heard, which was, awesome and I was just talking about how like guilty I felt about this sin I was struggling Mm -hmm. with and um, he said well Jack what is shame and I said I would say shame is just guilt and feeling bad about something you did and regretting it and he said no Jack shame is forgetting about God's grace yes and that just reminded me of um, just who I was, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not that person that I used to be. Yeah. I'm not this person that's still struggling with this daily sin. Mm-hmm. Like I am God's child. Like mm-hmm. he loves me. He loves me. He loved me during yeah. the parties. He loved me my whole life. Mm-hmm. He loved me when I was sinning, when I will sin, he'll mm-hmm. still like, so that definitely played a huge role in my faith mm-hmm. in Jesus as well. So Right, and there's probably an image that you were attempting to portray to the world during all of that, that now you're able to, just like those vulnerable people did the first night of your life group, that you were like, yeah. whoa, they're broken and maybe cool, maybe not cool, what, it doesn't matter, Like, but I can see, like, kind of when you start to peel back the surface, we kind of look the same on the inside, right. broken, full of guts and all yeah. kinds of emotions and everything and and your ability even here on this podcast to to share this story is going to help someone else break through a wall that they're experiencing so um if you're willing we'd love to be able to uh share if someone's listening to this um reach out to us and say Absolutely. hey you know jack is willing and able to talk or there's so many people here at grace that can but of, of course jack if you've resonated with this story you know he's he, he's in a place where he wants to take that experience that he had and use it for god's will so yeah. he um love that you do that for you as well and i would love to to close with this if you have one do you have a favorite worship song and why so my favorite worship song is glorious day Okay. Um, by Pat, I think it's by Passion, but I'll, I can. Yes, I'll read that the lyrics song is it. like a get you running for Jesus. Yeah. Kind I'm of. a big, I'm a big hype guy when it comes to music. Yes. So, but um, my favorite lyric in it is, it's it's at like towards the end of the song, and it says, um, "I needed rescue. My sin was heavy." But chains break at the weight of your yes, glory. Lord. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. Now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future. My eyes are open. Because when you called my name, I ran out of that grave. I ran yeah. out of that yeah. grave. Come on. It's like you can't such help but clap and jump. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's such, such a good song. And I yeah. love that song for you in your life, too. And the way that you can, you know see when you look back what that looked like and you know use that as a drive for the future absolutely i've loved learning about your life here jack thanks so much for sharing it with us absolutely it was great to meet you 